Welcome back, History Buffs, to History Files. I'm here today with a couple of students from my elective history class. So we've moved away from modern history, and we're going way, way back, because we just did a really interesting topic on human evolution, probably something that you might not have done before just from the normal syllabus. I'm sitting here with Tanya, first of all. How are you going, Tanya? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really well. Are you excited to be on the show? Yes. <laughs> and... Where are we starting with this story? So what we're talking about human evolution, how far are we going back? Like, where are we starting with this? We're going back to the, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but the Australopithecus afferentheus. And that's where like human evolutionary history pretty much began because it's when we like found out about walking and they're normally like the direct ancestors or like um where humans started to i guess evolve right so where what sort of time period are we looking at here how long ago um 3.6 million years ago okay so 3.6 million years ago aflofrolensis it's it's a tongue twister (laughs) so what's the the fossil record the fossil record's got a name isn't it like we've got one fossil that we focus on lucy yeah a lot easier to yeah so for listeners we're going to be focusing on lucy yeah and like what do we know or what's is there anything special about lucy and how do we make the connection that lucy is a distant ancestor of us we know lucy is a different ancestor uh like yeah, it's just an ancestor because of the fossil records. And we know that it is a full-grown female because at first a lot of scientists thought that it wasn't. It was maybe a younger um, person or thing because what's it called? The, it was very small, like the bone structure, it's very tiny. And then they found out that the wisdom teeth had like fully... What's the word like? Fully like developed. Yeah, fully developed, and then they realized that it was actually um, an adult. That's really interesting how these scientists have to put together these clues of, okay, we have a small frame, it's a child, but then you get another hint of looking at the dental work of this these tiny fragments of these fossils, and well, that that teeth or that tooth would only be at that state if they're at that point of maturity. So then they have to then switch their whole theory that they're coming up with of, no, no, it's not a, it's not a baby. It's just a very small adult. What are some of the other physical features that they can learn from that? Oh, that they could walk like upright. They obviously climb trees and they're not walking constantly. And they found that with Lucy, that she was actually walking quite a lot of distance and she was also climbing at the same time. So she could walk, but she couldn't walk a long distance. And that from the pelvis that they knew from there, it was definitely like evolutionary that from down the track in the line that it was changing. Yeah. So this is early stages. We're not thinking, you know, walking upright to the degree that like you and I do yeah. at the moment that it's starting to happen, but probably the spine and whatnot are still, you know, quite curved. Like you said, from the hips, they were able to work out that they're still quite bent over. Yeah. So they're not going to be able to do that for long periods of time. So this is where we're at. piecing together the puzzle a bit more of they're starting to leave the trees. They're starting to spread out into their environment. 
can you tell me a bit about their environment at that time? What do we know from the geology or the environment at the time? Yeah, well, we know that Africa was changing dramatically. It used to be this massive jungle and there were so many like trees and it wasn't very as much as desert or I guess barren when it was, I guess, changing. Like um, environmentally, it began to go more into grasslands and there wasn't as many jungle, there wasn't as much trees, I guess. It was more flat, but there was a lot of long, tall grasses. Do we? Do you remember from the show that we watched in class what influenced the forest, like Africa was a forest, started to turn it into a savanna? Do you remember the event that happened? Um, it's okay if you don't Yeah, remember. not really. So for the listeners, the major event that we put it down to, or the scientists put it down to, not me, I didn't look into it, is <laughs> that <laughs> I'm not... Have, would have had no idea the forming of the Himalayan mountain range. So the forming of that India crashing into the Asian continent, that affecting the weather patterns, the water is not, the rain is not getting as much to uh, Africa anymore. So the forest is slowly retreating. Then these hominins or these chimpanzee-like creatures are being forced onto the grasslands. So the environment changes a lot quicker than what the evolution does. So then it's like a slow process of them trying to to adjust to that. Is there anything else you would like to tell me about Lucy or is that about all we know about Lucy? Um, That is pretty much all we know. But we also do know that Lucy was named because of the Beatles song, Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds. That was playing at the time that they discovered it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's a pretty cool little inside story. Yeah. So named after the Beatles song. If we flash forward a little bit in time, you want to talk about, in your section, two more hominin species. So Mm. let's just first of all set a time period and then we'll introduce the two competing factions. Yeah, is this the Homo habilis and the Boisei? Yes, yeah. Yeah, 2.4 to 1.5 million years ago. Okay, so we're flashing forward a a million years or so, you know, if we just throw those around. But we've moved now into there's a splintering off, almost like an evolutionary web, from Lucy, I won't attempt the other one, (laughs) to Boisei, and what was the other one you said? Homo habilis. Okay, righto. So tell me about these two. What's happening with them? Yep. So in Africa, they both lived at the same time period, and so... Homo habilis is more evolutionary connected to humans because they showed the first signs of a way bigger brain capacity. Although the Boisei, they were much bigger built and they had very strong jaws. And this is because they would eat the vegetation like hard roots or nuts. And the boys, the Homo habilis, they were omnivores and they would um, eat all different types of vegetations and meat. And they were also the first recorded to use tools. Yeah. That is very interesting. That So we've got this, like, the, uh, I'm thinking back to the way that the film phrased it, that you've got the Boise Eye who are a specialist. So they've got their really strong jaw, as you said. They're eating the roots and, you know, they have a plentiful food supply. So they're not stressed. Yeah. So they just, you know, they're not stressed going out into the environment trying new things where Habilis is very different. Jack of all trades quite a large like a larger brain can't eat the easy food source that the boys eye are doing 
but they're learning to be more creative and they're learning to be more resourceful, which is something that's going to become more and more like us. Um, is there anything about the environment that we need to add into here? So does the environment change? Like why does the specialist lose against the jack of all trades? I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure ultimately it's because, well, the environment was adapting. I, well, they couldn't adapt because it was changing to, I guess, their food resources. Also because Homo habilis, they had tools, so um, carcasses left over. They could eat the bone marrow from that, which is very nutritious. And the, uh, have, no, the Boise, I couldn't. And so... Overall, I think the Homo habilis just outsmarted the Boise eye because, I mean, they were technically smarter. Yeah. And like you said, yeah, the environment adapting. So Boise eye puts all their eggs, all their evolutionary eggs and or skill points or whatever into one basket of eating the roots. As the environment continues to dry out, because the Himalayas don't just disappear or vanish or whatever, so it's getting drier and drier. The Sahara Desert is developing the... Sahara itself is expanding these reeds and these vegetation sources during a drought go away and over time and we're not talking about 10 years we're talking about over the course of the next you know million years or so the Boise eye just can't reproduce and it's just Charles Darwin's natural selection but the habilis like you said they can use their brain and they can still tap into other food sources that other creatures like the lion or whatever or the saber-toothed tiger that might make the kill can't get at so they're, they're still able to hang on when the boys the eye end up getting wiped out mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to add about the rivalry or anything else that separated the two um not really, but I do know that the Boise eyes built, they were massive compared to the um, Homo habilis. And also the Homo habilis, like socially, they acted more together as a team and they took risks way more. Like when a lion would eat, uh, kill like a prey and it was going to eat the carcass or feast on it later, the Homo habilis would then risk at getting killed to like grab the bone marrow. Rightio. Um, and obviously kind of like what you're saying at the moment is like, we weren't there. We have a bit of speculation going on that we're just observing what other creatures would have done, like similar creatures would have done in the environment. And the same for like, you know, your big boys, eye. we still only have a few fragments where it's similar to what type of other animal would you say? Wait, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. So what other animal? So if... The habilis is like your chimpanzee. Yeah. The Boise eye is more like like what's your big what's your big um animal? oh a gorilla yeah yeah good <laughs> gorilla sorry I was trying to <laughs> set you up for that one yeah so like a gorilla right well thank you Tanya for coming on the show we've got to wrap your spot up here yeah. and then we're going to be leaning into our next interview very shortly thank you thank you.